Thou art listening to CPR, where we discuss comedy, politics, and religion. Take three. <laughs> my name is Rex. We're going with that. No. Oh, okay. Uh, and my name is Josh. Thank you so much for listening to CPR today. We have awesomeness lined up for you guys. We have an important election coming up, and hopefully you're listening to it before the election. And if you're not, then, well... That's then send in a question with the time travel that's inevitably been invented and oh, yes. tell us who won so we can say we predicted it. Yeah. Do you know that emails can t- technically time travel? They can. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. So that's usually cool. it's forward in time, but mm. occasionally it glitches and goes backward. Yes. All right. So make sure you check out our merch store. We have lots of awesome T-shirts that you would look great on you. Yes, you specifically. Yes. Um, and we're working yeah. on getting some more items in the merch store. So hopefully by the time this episode goes up, we'll have some other things for you to try on. I feel like we promise that like every time and it never happens. We do. And I just get really busy and need to fix that. But mm. yes. I'll fix you being busy. I'll just tie you up in the chair. Then you won't have anything to do. Ah, uh, yes. I won't be able to edit the podcast. I mean, I will, but it'll be a pain on the laptop. But. All right. So to look forward to in this Rip Roaring episode, we have, um, I don't know, we're just going to encourage you guys, if you are of age, as Rex is, and I'm sure several of you are the age of 18, uh, I'm going to encourage you guys to get out and vote. We'll talk about the importance of every individual who is possibly able to vote voting not if you're like ineligible to vote then don't do that because that would be bad and if you're really sick of seeing uh social media ads that are telling you to vote i know there's a way to at least change it on facebook but i don't know about the other social medias Um, that's been a frustrating byproduct of this election season (laughs) every time i open up social media at the top it's just like have you ordered your ballot yet or whatever? And it's like, go away. Also to look forward to in this episode, uh, we're going to talk about what's exactly at stake in this election. What are the things that matter to you the most and Ooh. some things that may not matter to you, but they do because everything does, right, Rex? Everything matters. And then we're going to talk about just a little bit of a something that was really funny that happened in California. Ooh, um, funny. Because everything that happens in California is funny. Funny, haha. And then you might have something to do with lemurs later. All right, moving yeah. on to Rex's endeavors to maintain some essence of uh, sanity in this week. That made no sense. Uh, sorry. What do you do? (laughs) As for maintaining sanity, never. uh, That will never, ever happen. But uh, my week mostly consisted of watching training videos for work. And then I got to... Train. Oh. Move on. Can somebody... um, Never mind. I can't think of the word. I'll do it later. I, I watched some training videos, which were thrilling, I'm sure. Although at least the the people producing the... optimal purchase uh training videos are somewhat self-aware that they're going to be really bad and painful to watch because they repeated that several times throughout the training videos (laughs) and it didn't make it any less cringy or awful to watch this video is going to be awful please enjoy (laughs) yeah basically but they were talking about how annoying and terrible one of the jingles was and then they made an extended version of it at the end of the video (laughs) it's like oh that's lovely thank you so much and another video they made like 
four TikTok accounts just for like one joke um, that was not even funny. So yeah, didn't really land, but they're trying. Um, And I I appreciate companies trying to be self-aware, but they're still not funny. <laughs> Wait, so this extended edition of this song, did was it like, the, you know, like the worship songs that go on forever and ever and ever? This is the same thing over and over? Like when they repeat the the bridge of like, I don't know, What a Beautiful Name or something for oh, yes. 20 minutes, uh-huh. basically. Except that's a good one. Too. This was a little bit different. They added a whole nother verse. Whoa. So it was 10 seconds longer or whatever. Oh my goodness, 10 it, seconds. Yeah, Um. so... Not quite the um, experience of listening to a modern worship song, All right. but it, it wasn't eternally painful. It was just momentarily grieving. We saved your life. You saved our lives, and we are eternally painful. Yeah, that didn't eternally make- painful. That's that's what I when you said <laughs> that. I was like, okay, um, that's what that's from, right? That's- so for me this week, <laughs> the claw. I um. For the first time in my life, this might be a little hard to believe, I watched Star Wars. Oh, boy. And so I was holding off for a long time. So let me describe kind of my family to you. My cousins are, um, I grew up with them, so like we're close and stuff. Big times, I would say Star Wars uh, nerds. <laughs> um, okay. So they would they watched it ever since they were little, and they would tell me everything about it. And so they, and they would like really peer pressure me to watching into watching it that had the reverse effect i just um kind of was like a donkey and just like put my feet in the ground would not budge i refused to watch it on the sole fact of my pride of not following the crowd that is in fact one of three ways that josh is like a donkey um the other is the ears and then we won't mention the third but moving okay. on okay i feel kind of insulted but i i do have pretty As nice you ears they're nice and floofy Okay. Like a donkey's. Star Wars. Um, so I would be stubborn and not watch it. Finally, or like a couple Christmases ago, my mother really liked uh, Star Wars. Mm-hmm. So uh, she uh, got, like rented all of them from the library because that's what we do. Yes. We don't stream. We get things from the library. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so she rented them all from the library. We were going to have a marathon and I Ooh. refused to do it. She said she would tie me up in... Uh, uh, keep my eyes open with uh, toothpicks, but How we won't go there. That's not toothpicks. Exact... <laughs> what? Yeah, that didn't happen for um, humane reasons. Um, oh, okay. so I refused to watch it. Then F- finally, this past week, I'm like, fine, I'll watch it. It was not like the greatest experience, but the it was really more disappointing than it would have normally been because everybody. Uh, that I know and had built it up as this oh awesome Star Wars and like I was really disappointed and let down not that I was gonna probably like it anyway but um just like uh things that would happen I'm like well I knew that was gonna happen because I I know the entirety of the movie and I'm like oh uh Darth Vader's Luke's dad yeah saw that coming a mile away spoiler alert if you haven't seen that 40 year old movie um (laughs) but uh I will insert a hot take in here. So which ones did you watch? Uh, Just four the... and five, right? So okay. Far. Um, so episode four, somewhat hot take, kind of boring. Um, 
Like I concur. Easily not the best Star Wars movie. A lot of people just have the big nostalgia factor for it, but it's it's fine. It's a good story. It's just not the most exciting by modern movie standards. Episode 5 is a phenomenal movie, but again, if you've had a lot of the big stuff spoiled for you, it's really just not as interesting. But I think Episode 5 is a really solid one. Yeah. But I can understand why you were not as enthralled as people would have expected. Yep. It, it's kind of one of those things that you have to be indoctrinated with from birth. Um, it's kind of like a cult. Oh, so basically like math. Yes, math and Star Wars are both cults. You have to be indoctrinated from birth or else you just don't get it. Yes, absolutely. Anyway. All right. <laughs> Moving on um, to electioning. All right, Rex. Are, oh, so what is, what is your initial take on the question, why should everybody that can vote, vote? Um, I don't think that like everybody so should, everybody that can vote should vote. Um, oh, I think Rex. Really, only the people that, um, I, I'm like all those celebrities that you see. I, I think only people that share my political opinions <laughs> should vote. Um, no, but... Honestly, I think the really frustrating thing for me is like the candidate that I am most likely voting for, Joe Jurgensen. Um, she's not going to win this election. We're, we'll just chance. we're just gonna start there. Uh, and why is that? Because a lot of people say, "Oh, well, she's not gonna win because she's not a, de- a Democrat or Republican." So I'm not gonna throw away my vote on her, despite the fact that if everybody who thought that way actually voted for her, she would be a lot more likely to win. So I'd still say no, probably. I, I disagree with you there, Josh, because I have seen quite a few people that on both people that are voting for Biden and voting for Trump that have talked about how frustrated they are and that said they would vote if only there were more people vote that would actually vote for her. But they're not. And so that's just another misdirection there. And so I think that personally... I say vote based on your um, your morals and your beliefs, and that's what I'm going to be doing. Don't let the whether the uh, the candidate that you're voting for or not. Don't let the fact whether they'll win or not. I cannot words today. Don't let the fact that your candidate may not win discourage you from voting for them, because the more people see people voting actually by based off of their morals rather than just giving in to the lesser of two evils, the more likely we are to see a change for the better. So that's my opinion. But I won't say that you have to vote. I would say it's your right to exercise whether or not you would like to vote. But if you want to see a a change in the world, voting is a really good way to see that happen. Yes. Sorry, that was long. So um, when, you, when you said the lesser of two evils, I believe that that is kind of an, a, a jump in a little bit of logic there. I'm going to say because, I mean, obviously you have Joe Biden and we're going to go over kind of the platforms of the two main parties in a little bit. We've uh, gone over uh, Joe Jorgensen's platform. If you want to take a look back. Oh, it was episode three. All right. I believe. So take a look at episode three if you want to take a look at our take on Joe Jorgensen's platform. But getting out and voting. And I believe that it is the kind of the fundamental duty of us as American citizens. If us as Christians or we as Christians stay silent in these issues, then because I I believe that there's the majority of Americans do not vote in elections. 
or no, no, not the majority, but a, a good the majority of young people. A a good um a good fraction of mm-hmm. Americans do not vote in elections, um, which is really sad. And when a lot of people of good conscience um, decide not to have a voice, that is when the people of bad conscience have the louder voice, and then that's when they win. Um, and we say this all knowing that there are going to be people out there that we're probably encouraging to vote, despite the fact that they're not going to vote for a candidate that we like. And that's okay, because it's part of the process. You have to get out and vote, um, because if you stay silent, then you can't just kind of sit back and, oh my goodness, this country's going into the toilet, even though I didn't really vote. Oops, should have done that. Um, so you can't kind of sit back and complain about where it's going if you don't go out and exercise your ability to change it, I'd say. Mm-hmm. But so I'm just encouraging all you guys, Rex can vote. I cannot, unfortunately, because I was born a year too late. Uh, Bummer. Yeah. Uh, can Should've I go back just been in? been born sooner. Uh, uh, next time. Next time, Rex. Yeah, next time around. <laughs> when I'm born again. Mm. Uh, ooh, hallelujah. I thought that happened already. Oh. Oh yeah, I did. Uh, third you time, your maybe. Chance again. Third time's a charm. <laughs> I don't know how we're gonna get there, but we'll see. All right. Um, but it was I saying. Oh yes. So, uh, um, just um, if if you're able, make sure you get out and vote. I'm gonna encourage. So Rex put in a plug for his candidate. I'm gonna put in a plug. I'm gonna say, make sure you go. I'm. I'm gonna encourage you guys to go out and vote for Trump because of his policies. Do not be dissuaded because of the kind of the new york kind of the more um tough personality the more outspoken um ways but do it based on policy based on results and based on what direction you'd like to see the country go i will reiterate what i said earlier vote based on your morals whether that's for trump biden jurgensen whoever the green party candidate is or if you have to write somebody else in don't vote for a candidate purely because you're like, oh, well, this is who everyone else is going to vote for. Vote because you actually believe that they will be good for the country and that they align with your morals most closely. Because I, I think voting for somebody, morality is just as important as policy in the case of uh, especially it, when looking for a president so well, i believe that kind of that runs a little bit in the same line they they do but yeah. they can split off at certain points and so i say whoever it is whether again trump biden jurgensen whoever if vote based an- off of your morals <laughs> nominate rex no please don't <laughs> write um, in rex in his name <laughs> yeah sure write me in see I'd, where that gets i'd you. vote for Talk wait, about a throwaway wait, wait vote. A second. <laughs> I was about to say I'd vote for Rex, but let me think about Josh that. Josh would a not vote for me. <laughs> would you vote for Joe Biden or Rex? Hmm. I'd I'm, vote for Rex. I'm not the one in my room that Josh has a shrine to, so he would mm-hmm. clearly not vote for me. Okay, I do not have a shrine. It's, it's basically just a, a collection of Trump memorabilia. It's a shrine. Yeah. I mean, anyway. <laughs> well, okay. Um so let's let's kind of move on to kind of that what we we're talking about. What's what's at stake in this election and we can kind of go over like policy morality. So just fundamentally, how do you want the government to change? Uh how would you see the country taking a turn for the right direction or if you like the path that it's going on now? What 
are some of the things that you would like to see the most? Rex, we'll start with you, and then I'll kind of take it. I would like to see poof. Poof government? Just magic disappearo. Yeah. But um, I, I think the biggest thing that I would like to see is a lot less of government meddling with people's lives in as many ways as possible. Um, some Like something I've probably got to do sometime soon, sign up for the draft. Uh, I think the draft should be illegal. That is a completely meddling in people's lives sort of thing. A lot of unnecessary uh, international entanglements, I think the U.S. needs to get out of. I think that's a, a bad thing. Just changes that will help the government or that will give the government less power over people's lives and make the U.S. and just the world in general a better place to live. Yeah. I believe kind of at stake in this election is a real choice between kind of capitalism and socialism. And uh, a lot of people have really forgotten, especially our, uh, the millennials, our generation, Gen Z, have really forgotten what socialism entails. The, the generations before us, they remember the Iron Curtain, they remember the USSR, they remember all, all these places that are um, Cuba, uh, that uh, were just awful places and that are, are just um, completely you don't want socialism because mm-hmm. you have seen the atrocities that have occurred there. Um, and a lot of the media, um, the like social media has kind of blocked that out, I'd say, where they kind of portray socialism as kind of this uh, gl- glorified, oh, everybody's getting along, everybody gets things free. And it's really a choice between independence and dependence. So a lot of uh, socialism applies... Uh, not applies, sorry. Um, socialism appeals, that's the word I was mm-hmm. looking for, appeals to people because they they um, they haven't kind of moved into this place of, oh, I want to be independent. Like when we're kids, we like our parents do everything for us. They make our meals. They do our laundry. They uh, go shopping for us. That doesn't but, sound so bad. <laughs> I know, but as we uh, move into adulthood, it's part of growing up to start to do things on our own. Instead of relying on our parents or relying on other people, we start to be independent. And a lot of it, I feel like we're like, oh, I don't want to grow up because we get everything to do. Uh, we Everything is done for us. Mm-hmm. But it is this sense of maturity when we're able to build to do things on our own instead of having to rely on other people. And I believe that that's kind of the thought process that's going on here is that just people are like, oh, I want everything to be done with for me instead of, oh, I, even though you're surrendering surrendering a lot of your in, uh, freedoms and independence, because as you grow older, you gain more freedoms, you're, you gain more independence, you gain a lot of the strength. When you, um, and when you're younger, you don't have as many freedoms. So it's kind of this balance of, well, pe- things are done for me, but I have no freedom. And yeah. it's, it's which do you pick? Do you pick the independence or the dependence? It really comes down to uh, socialism versus capitalism in a lot of ways is the issue of uh, equality of opportunity versus equality of outcome. Whereas uh, capitalism, now obviously there's the advantages of being born rich in capitalism and Ideally, in a free market, this is kind of side tangent, you would have the opportunity to build things up. But just looking at it of socialism puts everybody in the same place with no way to change that. Capitalism, to a certain extent, and obviously 
I look at things from a truly free market perspective, which we don't have here in the U.S. There's so many government regulations and restrictions that it's not entirely realistic yet. The ideal outcome of capitalism is to have that equality of opportunity where everybody has the opportunity to get to the same place if they want, but they they have an equal opportunity of choice. Whereas socialism, you don't get that choice, but everybody ends up at the same place. So it's two different concepts of fairness, and it's really down to you to decide which one you think is best. But personally, I believe that forcing everybody to fall into your idea of fairness is in itself unfair. And a, a lot of other things that are kind of uh, up for grabs in this election are uh, just the basic fact of valuing life or devaluing life. And as I'm not just necessarily talking about the abortion issue, but that is, that is part of it. It's the abortion versus um, the pro-life. Or it's the, the uh, bo- uh, babies that are born after botched abortions. Uh, do you kill them? Even though these babies are born, they're sitting in your arms. Do you do away with them because you wanted to kill them in the first place and you failed? What do you do then? And it was that's that's just an awful place to be, which uh, you need to have protections for those babies that they would they would not be killed because that's basically infanticide. And then you also have um, just uh, the assisted suicide for the elderly, um, just just life in general. And I, I want to kind of pose the question, where is the line? Wh- when do you draw the line of when a life should be ended or shouldn't be ended? And just based on kind of even like the innocence of babies, like, I don't know, how sick and demented do you have to be to be holding a, a, a baby in your arms and say, all right, I'm going to kill it. That is just beyond fathom for me. And where where is this line of, Oh, I wanted to kill this, but I, I failed it. Um, but I failed to kill this baby. Um, I'm gonna kill it now. Or where where is the line for kind of the left, uh, Rex? What do you think? Like even with the assisted suicide things like that. I think it really depends on who on the left you ask, and whether we're talking the left or whether we're talking Democrats, because there's a lot of libertarians that are also a part of the left, and it. There's a lot to look at in that sort of aspect, because I think abortion is a different issue altogether from the assisted suicide thing. Obviously, all lives are valuable, but I also think each person has a right to their own life. So uh, with abortion, it's not an issue of your own life. But with the euthanasia and things like that for the elderly... That is their life, and whether I agree with that choice or not, I believe it is their choice to make. So I personally think it falls under two different issues, but life itself is valuable no matter what. So, Yeah, because life is valuable, I believe that that is why why I'm against kind of the euthanasia. I don't believe... That's perfectly reasonable. Yeah, and because... um, there, there are things that, like pulling the plug on people who are uh, terminally ill, that they're, they're in a coma or things like that, and the doctors say, oh, well, we can't do anything. Boop. Yeah, and then, again, that falls under, that's not that person making that choice. That's somebody else making yeah. that for them, which I think is unreasonable. Yeah. So, um, and I'll, I'll tell you where the line should be. It should be that we shouldn't kill people at all, that we shouldn't... Um, let them end their own life or we shouldn't have anybody make that choice to end end the life 
Um, I mean, then you could get into the death penalty, which is a completely different issue that we won't go into here. But uh, just just wanted to kind of talk about that. And then... Um, so there's a lot of issues at stake in this election, but I think the most important thing is that you don't become a single issue voter because that is a really not good place to be because obviously there is the fact of that there's things like abortion that are a big deal to a lot of people there's police brutality which is another big deal to a lot of people there's so many different issues that you can look at that are incredibly important to think about but if you're only looking at one thing and you're like this is why i'm voting look again look for the other things that can have an impact because no issue is a completely isolated thing because when you look at uh, things like abortion and police brutality, those are tied in. The solutions for a lot of those things are tied in and would completely throw off the ways of life for people. So you have to understand how the different issues that you're voting for affect one another and what solu- and how the solutions that you're expecting for those issues, how resolving those can create other issues and what those politicians that you're voting for are going to do to change that and make sure that by changing and fixing one problem, they aren't destroying people's lives and creating another bigger problem. So make sure that you are well-informed on not just the one issue that you really care about, but the other issues, A, that can just be affected by that, and even unrelated stuff, because it doesn't mean that it's not important. Yeah. And you were talking about uh, kind of the issues, and I, I was just thinking about, like, what the, what the issues of the Republicans are taking on and what the issues that Democrats are making. And the, the Democrats have more made this instead of, oh, we're running to fix this problem, or we're going to do this if we're elected. It's more of, it's not a either vote for Trump or vote for Joe Biden. It's vote vote for Trump or vote against Trump. And they've kind of made it a referendum on Trump. Say, do you want uh, more of this guy or do you not want more of this guy? Instead, of, So they're running kind of this negative campaign of either Trump or no Trump instead of either Trump or Biden. It, it's like either Trump or fill in the blank. They don't even honestly care who it is. It's just, it just has to not be Trump. And that's the thing that they're they're doing this as a, hey, if you don't like Trump, vote for Biden, which is not if you're like me, there are options out there where you don't have to vote for Trump if you personally disagree with him. But the thing is making it seem like you have the perfect end-all be-all solution, especially in somebody like Joe Biden, who is clearly not, at least from my perspective, the end-all be-all solution. It's very manipulative to people and by saying that, oh, well, if you don't like Trump, we're your last option or else everything is doomed. That's not true. Um, and I think that trying to manipulate voters by saying, hey, we're your only option is not acceptable from any side, whether you agree with Trump or Biden or anyone else, trying to manipulate people into voting for a certain candidate just because they are the final option is really bad. You you said something earlier that I wanted to kind of um, ask uh, probe a little bit more, and then we can move on to some, uh, lemurs. <laughs> oh, okay. And um, but I wanted to. Um, you said uh, if you disagree with Trump morally, how do you disagree with Trump from a moral? I disagree standpoint? with the way he presents himself. I think he is really rude to a lot of people, 
and I think that I, I just don't like him as a leader. I don't want that to be the representation of the country that I live in. Is that moral, though? I think that having respect for people is a very big moral issue. Yeah. But um, is is there, um, when we talk about morality, we usually think of the oh i uh we usually think of it from a biblical uh, standpoint of oh i don't kill people i don't uh do all like sin things like that Mm -hmm. um sorry but uh when we think of oh not necessarily respecting everybody's viewpoints which is in a sense what what you're saying no not viewpoints i'm talking about respecting human beings okay so like the name calling is that what you talk about that that's part of it yeah calling some of the names that he has used i will not dare repeat on our podcast and i think he he has said some horrible things about people And, and i can look up more examples and share them later but just trump as a as a person, I do not like the way that he presents himself, the way he talks about people, and um, I, I would not like to have him representing the country I live in. Obviously, that's my personal preference. If you like Trump and you think that he is okay in what he's saying, and that that's fine. Vote for him. If if you think that he is the, absolutely the best solution for this country, I, I won't hold that against you. I Obviously, Josh and I do this podcast. Josh is one of my best buddies, and he likes Trump. That's great. I, I'm excited to see him thinking about issues and actually caring about people. Don't ha- don't take issue with people for having different viewpoints is basically what I'm saying. Obviously, like jo- Josh doesn't care that I'm voting for Joe Jurgensen. He knows that she's not going to win anyway. So um, I, I think it's really important to not let voting issues come between you. Let your morality guide your voting decisions. Obviously, for me, it feels wrong to vote for Trump, so I'm not going to vote for him. But for other people, I, I'm not going to be bothered if they don't feel morally against voting for him. That's not my issue. Um, and I agree. There are some facets of Trump that are a little on the more coarse side, you might say. Um, but I, I believe that uh, from a a policy standpoint and from honestly a christian values standpoint other than the coarseness of some of his words everything that he's upheld uh be it religious freedom uh be it uh these these pro-life justices pro-life um policies i believe that that's what qualifies him uh, that would get my vote had i been born a year earlier oh man anyway um well, that was a that was a really good discussion, I'd say, Rex. I wholeheartedly agree. Um, woohoo. And whoa, best bud. Wow, I moved up from acquaintance. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yay. Uh, well, lemurs. Let's talk about that. What what do you yes, have for us um, to do with lemurs? All right. So this was something as um as I was browsing for some some funnies for our podcast, I found this very interesting story. So on uh this was a story that was published about six days ago, and uh, it was an an endangered lemur being stolen from the San Francisco Zoo and Garden. Just the lemur. Nothing else. Just just one lemur named. Uh, it was a male ring-tailed lemur named Maki, and he was illegally taken from his ha- ha- his habitat. What are you gonna do with a lemur? I, I don't know. It and it was just one. Like. This is going to be a lonely lemur all by himself. I mean, honestly, if I were to take an animal, it would be a lemur. Like, where are you going to walk out with a hippopotamus? I mean, this, that's not I mean, how maybe it Maybe if you have a big enough truck. 
but he requires specialized care because he's an endangered animal. And so maybe that's why he was stolen. Maybe somebody wanted to have an endangered lemur. Oh, yes. Um, for funds. I have an endangered Rex. Yes, that, that's the, the, me. The more um, he speaks about his uh, policy, the more he becomes endangered. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> uh, um, but it was not only, not only was he stolen, um, it was forced entry into his animal oh, enclosure. It, so it, this was a, a carefully planned heist. So we clearly. have like crowbar markings in the door. Huh? I, I have no idea. They didn't Broken specify. Broken glass maybe? But this was a certainly a dangerous a criminal that was oh, trying yes, to steal the this worst. lemur but um they dr jason waters the executive vice president of animal behavior and wellness at the zoo uh at the san francisco zoological society says we understand that lemurs are adorable animals but maki is a highly endangered animal that requires special care we are asking the public for help in his return um and there's like oh man i didn't realize he was dangered here you can have him back now yeah, but this lemur requires a specialized diet. And so, a couple days later, the San Francisco Zoo and Garden offered a reward of $2,100, which was an amount that was picked purposely to represent $100 for every year that Maki has been alive. <laughs> um, oh, my goodness. So, $2,100 were offered for this uh, for this for the rescue of this lemur. And... Uh, they, they just discovered him missing one morning, and they had to put out this reward. But there has been a recent update. Ooh, update. To... They found the monkey dead. And no, uh, he was actually discovered alive. Oh, the... that's good. <laughs> this was left out in the original story. Apparently, Maki has arthritis oh. as well. Um, Probably needs uh, some uh, arthritic cream, right? I, I guess so, and a specialized diet. But uh, five-year-old James Trin was unaware of the headlines when leaving his preschool Thursday in Daly City, about five miles from the zoo, and exclaimed, there's a lemur, there's a lemur. Uh, <laughs> and so there was a director of the school that he went to. She was skeptical at first, and he was like, are you sure it's not a raccoon? And uh, then the Maki just ran out into the parking lot and was hiding in one of the playground things. Huh. And this five-year-old boy just magically discovered the lemur so I wanted, it, so it, w it was stolen though so and then they just let it go because there was too much attention the heat was on perhaps i, I don't know but they they got the lemur and so the twenty one hundred dollar reward is apparently going to the church where the school was at they gave uh this little boy who saved the lemur uh him and his family they gave a free membership to the zoo oh uh, because they saved uh, <laughs> why quote, didn't they why didn't this guy get the boy get the twenty one hundred dollars i because i don't know because it was at the church and i don't yeah because like five-year-olds don't deserve twenty one hundred apparently i i mean what would he have done by bought like four big lego sets but um <laughs> three the, uh san francisco zoo director said uh, that she thanked the boy and everyone who helped they literally saved a life Oh yes, because I mean, monkeys' yeah. lives matter. It's a, it's a lemur, Josh. Oh. not a monkey. Wait, is there a difference between monkeys and lemurs? There is, isn't there? Yeah. Okay. Like, never mind. A big difference. But I'm oh yeah, just, that's right. <laughs> never mind. I am just amazed. Why would you steal a lemur? What What good does that do anyone? Hmm. I I can see the benefit of stealing like a lion or a tiger or something because you can sell those for a reasonable amount of money. But a lemur. I feel like lemurs have high value on the black market. Um, just um, the af after uh, the 
just imagine kind of the oh yes Black the eBay <laughs> on uh, eBay listing gently yes. used lemur. <laughs> I mean, he's Only arthritic, so a little more than gently. I'm also taking concerned. Taking all sorts of offers. There was no um. They they discovered a ooh. Let's. I didn't even see this part. They they apparently may have discovered the person who stole him. <gasps> oh my goodness! Thursday, police took 30 year old Corey McGilloway into custody. Yes, he was identified as a suspect in the lemur's abduction. He was expected to be transferred to county jail on charges of burglary, grand theft of an animal, looting, and vandalism. The police did not provide any other details. Just imagine a video game, Grand Theft Lemur. <laughs> That would be great. Um, oh my goodness, I would play that absolutely. You probably would. I would love that game. Anyway, it just it just amazes me. I I just don't understand people sometimes. Yeah, you know all what, Rex? the things you could steal. I'm gonna admit it. I took the lemur. It was you. Yeah. Then McGilloway went away for nothing. Yeah. Josh, he, he you was turn he yourself was my in. Partner in crime. Oh. Uh, but yeah. I, I CPR just, I just is now a crime saw drama. It, saw it at this zoo, and I was like, "Man, I really want that lemur for my collection of lemurs." Ah, uh, yes, when you were at the San Francisco Zoo and Gardens. Yes, on the other side of the country. Yeah, I go there every other weekend. Every other weekend. Wow, that's really incredible. I have a membership. You know that. Oh, did you get it from saving a lemur? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was also the five-year-old boy that discovered him. What? I am very good at masquerading Incredible. as five-year-old boys. All right, so we have a question from Leanne. What is your favorite musical? Favorite musical? Ooh. Mm. What is your favorite musical, Josh? I don't know. I've uh, Have you ever heard of Sight and Sound? I have not. All right, so in uh, Branson, Missouri, and also somewhere in Pennsylvania, I believe, uh, they have, it's like a full-scale Broadway production of Bible stories. So they've done Noah, they've done Adam and Eve, it's, uh, they've done uh, Jonah. It was, it was really cool. That and cool. it's um they did Jesus recently, and I watched a video of it, and it was really powerful and impactful. And very interesting, and it was it was kind of like gave some life to Jesus. You're like, oh, Jesus is kind of this serious guy, but then like they gave him like a personality, uh, not like sacrilegiously, but um, but in a in a cool creative license type of way. Oh, very cool. What about you? Um, I mean, I haven't seen a lot of musicals. I, I could go with a really generic answer and say Hamilton because I absolutely love Hamilton. It is tons of fun and just super super duper well done. But a couple of the other musicals that I've seen are, uh, I really enjoyed Seussical. I saw that many times as a classic homeschooler trope because ev pretty much every co-op that I was with that did some sort of theater thing did Seussical at some point, and it was lots of fun. Hmm. Um, and then I also really enjoy, this isn't technically a musical, it's a movie musical sort of thing, but The Greatest Showman is an excellent musical as well. Those are some of my favorites. Those are some great favorites. And if you have a pure question, make sure you send it in to rexandjoshcpr at gmail.com. Or. or you can send it into at rexandjoshcpr on Instagram and Twitter. Into? In to. You can send it into. You can send it in to. Oh, okay. Well, you, it, you need to listen with your ears, It Josh. sounded like you said into, and I was like, you send it into the interweb. 
I mean, basically, and not just pure questions. If you have anything else you'd like to share with us, questions, comments, concerns, asking for advice, asking for what car you should buy. Uh, or asking, if you want to offer us advice. Yes, if you want to offer us advice. Ooh, we could do a whole new segment, Peer Answers. <laughs> <laughs> what if we ask the questions? What, what is your question for the audience this week, Josh? Mm, um, audience, on a scale of 3 to 17, how awesome is Rex? Oh boy, and if you come up with an answer any higher than two, you will be banned from listening to the podcast. Can we ban people? Is that a thing? I sure hope so. Oh, okay. Higher than two from three. Okay, <laughs> um, well, I with guess... With that said, we will see you guys in the next one. That wraps it up. Thanks for listening. Bye! Bye.